The Diary of a Nobody by George and Weedon Grossmith, read for LibriVox.org by Martin Clifton. Chapter 16 We lose money over Lupin's advice as to investment, so does Cummings. Murray Posh engaged to Daisy Mutlar. February the 18th. Carrie has several times recently called attention to the thinness of my hair at the top of my head, and recommended me to get it seen to. I was this morning trying to look at it by the aid of a small hand-glass, when somehow my elbow caught against the edge of the chest of drawers, and knocked the glass out of my hand and smashed it. Carrie was in an awful way about it, as she is rather absurdly superstitious. To make matters worse, my large photograph in the drawing-room fell during the night, and the glass cracked. Carrie said, Mark my words, Charles, some misfortune is about to happen. I said, Nonsense, dear. In the evening, Lupin arrived home early, and seemed a little agitated. I said, What's up, my boy? He hesitated a good deal, and then said, You know those parachica chlorates I advise you to invest twenty pounds in? I replied, Yes, they are all right, I trust. He replied, Well, no, to the surprise of everybody, they have utterly collapsed. My breath was so completely taken away I could say nothing. Carrie looked at me and said, What did I tell you? Lupin, after a while, said, However, you are specially fortunate. I received an early tip and sold out yours immediately, and was fortunate to get two pounds for them. So you get something after all. I gave a sigh of relief. I said, I was not so sanguine as to suppose, as you predicted, that I should get six or eight times the amount of my investment. Still, a profit of two pounds is a good percentage for such a short time. Lupin said quite irritably, You don't understand. I sold your twenty pounds shares for two pounds. You therefore lose eighteen pounds on the transaction, whereby Cummins and Gowing will lose the whole of theirs. February the 19th. Lupin, before going to town, said, I'm very sorry about those parachica chlorates. It would not have happened if the boss job cleanans had been in town. Between ourselves, you must not be surprised if something goes wrong at our office. Job cleanans has not been seen in the last few days, and it strikes me several people do want to see him very particularly. In the evening, Lupin was just on the point of going out to avoid a collision with Gowing and Cummings, when the former entered the room without knocking, but with his usual trick of saying, May I come in? He entered, and, to the surprise of Lupin and myself, seemed to be in the very best of spirits. Neither Lupin nor I broached the subject to him, but he did so of his own accord. He said, I say those parachica chlorates have gone an awful smash. You're a nice one, Master Lupin. How much do you lose? Lupin, to my utter astonishment, said, Oh, I had nothing in them. There was some informality in my application. I forgot to enclose the cheque or something, and I didn't get any. The gov loses eighteen pounds. I said I quite understood you were in it, or nothing would have induced me to speculate. Lupin replied, Well, it can't be helped. You must go double on the next tip. Before I could reply, Gowing said, Well, I lose nothing, fortunately. From what I heard, I did not quite believe in them, so I persuaded Cummings to take my fifteen pounds worth, as he had more faith in them than I had. 
Lupin burst out laughing, and in the most unseemly manner said, Alas, poor Cummings, he'll lose thirty-five pounds. At that moment there was a ring at the bell. Lupin said, I don't want to meet Cummings. If he had gone out of the door, he would have met him in the passage, so as quickly as possible Lupin opened the parlour window and got out. Gowing jumped up suddenly, exclaiming, I don't want to see him either, and before I could say a word he followed Lupin out of the window. For my own part I was horrified to think that my own son and one of my most intimate friends should depart from the house like a couple of interrupted burglars. Poor Cummings was very upset, and naturally was very angry both with Lupin and Gowing. I pressed him to have a little whisky, and he replied he had given up whisky, but would like a little unsweetened as he was advised it was the most healthy spirit. I had none in the house, but sent Sarah round to Lockwood's for some. February the 20th. The first thing that caught my eye on opening the standard was great failure of stock and share dealers. Mr. Job Cleanands absconded. I handed it to Carrie, and she replied, Oh, perhaps it's for Lupin's good. I never did think it a suitable situation for him. I thought the whole affair very shocking. Lupin came down to breakfast, and, seeing he looked painfully distressed, I said, We know the news, my dear boy, and feel very sorry for you. Lupin said, How did you know? Who told you? I handed him the standard. He threw the paper down and said, Oh, I don't care a button for that. I expected that, but I did not expect this. He then read a letter from Frank Mutlar, announcing in a cool manner that Daisy Mutlar is to be married next month to Murray Posh. I exclaimed, Murray Posh? Is not that the very man Frank had the impudence to bring here last Tuesday week? Lupin said, Yes, the Posh's three-shilling hats chap. We all then ate our breakfast in dead silence. In fact, I could eat nothing. I was not only too worried, but I cannot and will not eat cushion of bacon. If I cannot get streaky bacon, I will do without anything. When Lupin rose to go, I noticed a malicious smile creep over his face. I asked him what it meant. He replied, Oh, only a little consolation. Still, it is a consolation. I have just remembered that, by my advice, Mr. Murray Posh has invested six hundred pounds in parachica chlorates. End of chapter.